This is an audio sermon recorded at the Church of Christ at Johnson Mill in Fayetteville, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth according to the New Testament. Come worship with us Sunday mornings at 1030 at 3801 Johnson Mill Boulevard. Appreciate everybody being here with us this morning and coming out to worship God together. And, uh, definitely appreciate the prayers on my behalf. It's my prayer that the things that we study will be in strict accordance to God's Word. And also it will be useful to you and beneficial as we continue our Christian walk together. For a little while this morning, I want to talk about is Christ being revealed in you? And I think you all know what we mean when, when we say that, but we're going to dive into that a little bit further. We're going to start out with reading 1 Peter chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn over there with me. I'll have the, the verses on the PowerPoint over here. 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 9, says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him, who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Going down to verse 12, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. And one more in verse 15, for so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. What Peter's writing to us here is he's telling us that we have been called out. As Christians, we know we've been called out of sin, that we're the church. The church means the called out. When you think about that, that we are supposed to show forth the praises of God, show forth the praises of who he's called us out. For what purpose? Well, the purpose, as it talks about in verse 12, is so that, that by your good works, they will glorify God in the day of visitation. The reason we show forth the praises of God in our life is so that they will glorify God. So what I want to ask is, is Christ being revealed in your life and in your actions today? And are other people glorifying God because of what they see you do and how they see you behave? When we look at this, we have an example with Paul, and this is Paul's self-account. When you look at Galatians chapter 1 and verse 13, it says, For ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it, and profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in mine own nation, being exceeding jealous, zealous of the traditions of my fathers. This is Paul's self-account, what he was saying before he was called out, before he became a Christian and started following after Christ. It says, you've heard of my life, you've heard of what I've done, that I've, beyond measure I persecuted the church. That he was there when Christians were being killed. That he was going after the Jews' religion, and he was very high up in the Jews' religion. Now, if you continue on in verse 15, it says, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, to reveal his Son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. You can see Paul's reaction. We know when we look back in Acts, when you read the conversion example of Paul, you can see that immediate action that he took. So he said there in verse 16, It pleased God to reveal his Son in me. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Are you revealing your, His Son in you? Or are you conferring with flesh and blood and, and trying to stay after the old ways that we used to do? When we look at when, when Paul becomes a Christian, that he was immediately revealing Christ, we need to also walk in the light just as, as Paul walked in the light. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 says, For you were sometimes in darkness before you were called out of sin. But now ye are the light and the Lord. Walk as children of the light. We can see from Ephesians and we can see from Galatians when Paul was talking about that there is a call. There's something that we are told we're supposed to be due. So Ephesians says, but now ye are the light in the world. Now what are we supposed to do with that? 
We're supposed to walk as children of the light. We're supposed to act as children. We're supposed to show forth the praises of God who called us out of darkness. It becomes an action of how we, should, we are supposed to live. And then in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 6, it says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The light that we walk in, the light that shines out of us, is the light that comes from God and from Christ. It's His light that shines through us. And it's just up to us to make sure we're revealing Christ in, in ourselves so that other people will glorify God. So we can see that, that we should be revealing Christ in our life, just as Paul revealed Christ in his life once he was immediately converted. So next, we're going to look at why we should be the face of Christ. Why should we reveal Christ through our life? And then finally, we're going to look at how can we effectively do this in some really applicable ways to make sure that we are revealing Christ in our actions. So when we look at why should we be the face of Christ, now we know that people can't physically see Christ today. So we're supposed to be the face of Christ. We're supposed to be his representatives. I want you to think about a common workplace that you go to, about the employees that work at a workplace. You know, one of them that a lot of people like, and, and I haven't come across anybody who doesn't like a certain place, is Chick-fil-A. When you think about Chick-fil-A, to my knowledge, everybody that has ever gone there has thoroughly enjoyed that, that business. Why? Well, they have good product, for one, but it's usually even more than that. It's usually the customer service that you get at Chick-fil-A, isn't it? Now, when you think about Chick-fil-A and you think about the reputation of that business, it is heavily dependent upon the employees or the people that you come in face-to-face -face contact with that business. So if you go up and you have someone that's rude or they're just not that friendly or they're not, not giving you very good customer service, that reflects negatively on that company, doesn't it? Well, the same thing goes for when someone is very good customer service, like generally what we see at Chick-fil-A. Being a Christian is the same way. The, the example that you give out as a Christian is a reflection upon Christ. It's a reflection upon the church. People can't see Christ today, but they can see Christ through your actions. They can see Christ through your reputation and how you live and how you treat other people. So we are to be the face of Christ. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, it says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it onto a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Once again, we see the same thing. We see a call of what we're supposed to do. You're the light of the world. You're supposed to shine it. And then we see the action that we're supposed to take. In verse 16, let your light so shine before men. That's the action. That's how you live in front of other people. And it goes on to say, for what purpose? To glorify your Father which is in heaven. It's not for our own glory. It's not to build us up. It's not to put us on any type of pedestal or in front of other people. The whole purpose that we shine our light before other men is so they glorify God and so that they will follow after Him. In John chapter 8, verse 12, this is Jesus said, Then spake Jesus again unto him, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Once again, we can see that we reveal Christ through us because he is the true light. So when he says, you're the light of the world, let your light so shine before men, it's not actually your light. It's Christ's light. Christ is the light of the world, and you're shining him through your life. So revealing Christ in your life so that other people can glorify God and they would come to him. 
And God has a purpose for your life to be a shining instrument for His kingdom and to attract the lost to Him. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 5, it says, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. This is Paul writing to the church of Corinth, and, he's, and Paul is telling them there, we're not telling you anything that we're, we're supposed to be telling you. We're just preaching to you about Jesus. We're preaching to you what he wanted us to do because he has shined through our hearts. Once again, you can see the source of the light comes from Christ, and then it's up to us to shine it. It's up to us to shine that light for other people so that they can reveal it. You know, it's been said many times that we may be the only Bible that someone reads. And, you know, I understand that statement, but at the same time, that's not a very good statement. If you're the only Bible that someone reads, what they mean by that is, is people may never go to church. They may never open their Bible. They, may, may, they never read about Christ, but they can see Christ through your actions. It's your life and it's your example. Now, my hope is that's just the first step, is that they see Christ through your actions, and then you are able to help them actually read the Bible not just read the Bible through your life. But that's a very interesting thing for us to look at is that people are watching us all the time. There's always someone paying attention to you whether you realize it or not. There's always someone watching what you do, what you say, how you treat other people. And we need to take a good self-reflection and are we showing what we wanna do and what we wanna say or are we revealing the life of Christ through our actions? Are we shining His light through our life? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 16 says, Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation of good hope through grace, comfort your heart and establish you in every good word and work. You know, there's a lot of times that we can see Christians that sometimes just look really beat down and sometimes just seem like everything is going against them, that nothing is going right. Now, I want you to think about for a second, if you see some other people around you and everything is going wrong and they're always in a bad mood, they're always negative and pessimistic, is that someone that you really want to spend time with? Most of the time, it's not. Now, the flip side is also true. I want you to think of someone who is always positive, they're outgoing, they're cheerful. You can tell that they have hope. You can tell they have comfort. Is that someone you want to spend time with? People want to spend time with people who are happy. Now, this verse is telling us that we have an everlasting consolation and good hope through grace because God has called us out of sin. So I want you to remember that anytime that you're having a a negative attitude or you're just not feeling very optimistic or cheery, to remember to shine your light because we have comfort in our hearts and we know that God is always with us. And that's how you can have other people follow after you. Now, I'm not saying we don't get beat down as Christians. We do. We have troubles. We have tar times. We have negative things that go on. However, we can handle it because we know that this life is temporary and it will pass. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8, it says, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed always bearing about in the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. So Paul is just helping us to have a little bit better perspective. We're going to have troubles. 
We're going to have distress. We're going to be beat down. We're going to be persecuted. And yet, we also know that the life of Jesus should be made manifest in our body, that he is always with us, that we're always revealing his light through our life so that other people. So the point is, make sure you're not walking around all the time with a sad countenance because people are attracted to happy and hopeful people. And I'll tell you, when you look around in the world today, we should be the most happy and the most hopeful people that you could possibly find because we have the only true source of hope through Jesus. Now remember that when other people want to follow after you. The next thing we're going to look at is some really applicable ways to actually make sure we're revealing Christ through our life. The first example I want to look at is David. Now when you think of David in the Old Testament, we know that he, well, there's lots of stories, there's lots of examples. We're going to point out just a couple things. The first thing is when David went to fight against Goliath. And I want you to think about, we, we've all heard the story that David was a young shepherd boy. He wasn't a soldier. He wasn't a warrior. But he went out and he went to go fight against Goliath, the Philistine giant. Now the Philistine giant was going out and he was calling out, send out your best of the Israelites. Send your best that we can fight a one-on-one. If I win, then the Israelites are going to bow down to us as Philistines. And if the Israelite champion won, then the Philistines would bow down. So it was just supposed to be a one-on-one, winner-take-all battle. And he did this for a long time, and there's not a single soldier, including the King Saul, that would go out and fight against Goliath. Not a single one, because they were scared. And then you have David enter the scene. And David entered the scene. He was only there to check on his brothers and to take them food. He was not there to fight. He was just there because his father Jesse sent him. When he got there, he saw the, the giant, the Philistine, that he was calling out and he was defying God. And he was going to do something about it. So when we look at that, let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 32. And David said to Saul, and Saul was the king, and David said to him, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said to Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after him, and I smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. Now I want you to think about this setting for a second. You had Saul, the first king of Israel. The description of Saul is that he stood head and shoulders above everybody else. He was a big guy. And he was the kind of guy that you wanted to follow from his physical presence. And then you had David, who was a young boy, said he was fair-complected, he was ruddy, small in stature. That he goes against Saul and he says, you know what, if nobody's going to go fight this Philistine giant, I'll go fight him and I'll go kill him. And I want you to read through the confidence that he had. The confidence and the boldness that David had. But the key thing to remember is where did that confidence and boldness come from? It came from his confidence and boldness in God. In verse 37, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. So that's the boldness and the confidence that that David had. So he goes on, and of course we see that he's saying this to the king of Israel, and he goes on to destroy him. In Psalms chapter 27, verse 1 through 3, it says, The psalm of David, 
The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. You can see the confidence that David has, and it's all confidence that he's getting from the Lord. Then when we go back to 1 Samuel 17, read 45 through 47, it says, And David said to this Philistine, Thou come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take the head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistines this day into the fowls of the air, to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and with spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into your hands. So the point we're looking at from David is we need to follow his example of have confidence in fighting not the physical battle that David did, but fighting the spiritual battle that we have today. We have confidence and boldness in the Lord. Just as the Lord delivered David out of the hand of the Philistine, He will deliver us against any spiritual battle you may be facing today if you'll have boldness and confidence in Him. So that's how you can fulfill His life. You know, sometimes it's not comfortable for us fulfilling God's task. Sometimes God calls us to do certain things that we may or may not want to do. It may be to go have a conversation with someone or study with someone or to do something you're just not all that comfortable doing. But how much will you know how much God has in store for your life if you don't expand your self-limitations? How much will you know that God is with you and God will never leave you or forsake you if you don't get out of your bubble and just try something new? Try something that He's commanded. And if you need help, you've got your brothers and sisters right here to help you with that. But you're not alone. So use the boldness and confidence that we see from David and use that in your spiritual battles today. The second thing of how we can have applicable ways to reveal Christ in our life is our appearance. We talked earlier about not having a sad countenance. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, it says, Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anointest thy head and wash thy face. What Jesus is telling us here is don't go around having a sad countenance and basically trying to to get pity from other people. Wash your face, anoint your head, and have have a happy countenance and show the hope, even when you are facing tough times. In Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 7 and 8, it says, Go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, and drink thy wine with a merry heart. For God now accepteth thy works. Let thy garments be always white, and let thy head lack no ointment. When you remember that we're following after Christ and we're shining His light through our life, we remember that God is accepting our works. And if God's accepting our works, what do we have to be sad about? What do we have to be discouraged about? Because if we're accepted by God, then nothing else matters. No matter how bad it gets on this earth, nothing else matters as long as you're accepted by God. Another aspect of our appearance is how we dress. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, it says, In like manner also the women that adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. 
Now, I know this verse is specifically talking about modest apparel and women. However, modesty goes for men as well. Modesty goes across the board. And that's not just talking about the clothes that we wear or the, the certain fabrics or the certain cuts of fabric, but it's also talking about maybe the tightness of the fabric, maybe certain words that it says or certain innuendos that it's applying other things. When you're thinking about modesty, it's so much more than just the certain fabrics that you're wearing. The point is that we're supposed to set ourselves apart from the world. Reveal Christ through your life by how you dress and set yourself apart. The next thing we're looking at is our speech. Psalms chapter 34, verse 13, it says, Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. We need to make sure we're always keeping our speech in check. And then I want you to ask yourself the question. Think about maybe some different things that you've said over the last week. Not just the words, but also how you said it. The tonality, the intentions of your words. Thinking about what you've said over the last week. Would you want Jesus to hear you say some of the things that come out of your mouth? And if the answer is no, then we need to do something about our speech. And anytime we're having a conversation with someone, I want you to think about having a conversation with Jesus is sitting right beside you because the truth is, He is. The truth is, is He's always listening and He knows every word that comes out of your mouth. So we need to make sure we're keeping our speech in check. In the book of James, James chapter 1, verse 26, it says, If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. That word vain means empty or useless. It's non-profitable. So I want you to think about, you can do all these different things, and you can seem to be religious, you can seem to be shining the light of Christ through your life, but if you don't keep your tongue in check, it's all useless. It's vain. So it's really important that we keep our speech in check. Also, James chapter 5, verse 12, it says, But above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay, lest ye fall into condemnation. What this verse is telling us is we must make sure we're both speaking and living with integrity. Back up what you say. If you say you're going to do something, you do it. Let your yea be yea and let your nay be nay. You live with integrity. The fourth thing we're going to look at is our general conversation or conduct of life. Psalms chapter 34, verse 14, it says, Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. We need to make sure that we're always seeking and pursuing peace and good things in our life. That's your general conduct of life. And when we seek good, this leads to having God's favor. Proverbs 11, verse 27, He that diligently seeketh good procureth favor. But he that seeketh mischief, it shall come to him. You know, we have a saying at work that, that we follow and the saying is, what you focus on expands. And what we mean by that is, is another way to look at that is there's a, a teacher by the name of John Maxwell, and what he says is called the law of attractive, attractiveness. So you, you attract things in your life by what you seek. And this is what it's talking about in Proverbs. If you seek good, you're going to find it. If you're going to look for good things, if you're going to look for peace and, and how to live peaceably with all men, you will find it. If you seek mischief... If you seek bad things, you're going to find that too. So it's all a matter of what you're seeking, you will find. Your conduct in life and a good conduct that reveals Christ can help persuade non-believers. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, it says, Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, 
that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of their wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Now, obviously, this is talking about a husband and wife relationship, but it, the, the example goes much above and beyond that. It's basically saying, if you come into contact with someone who's not a believer, they don't follow after Christ, your example, the way you live your life, could help them to want to follow after Christ. It's everything we've been talking about today. Everything we've been talking about of revealing Christ in your life so they see your good works and so they glorify God the Father. That's why we, we live the way we live is so that we can shine His light through our life and that other people would want to follow after Him. And the fifth thing that we're going to look at is to live peaceably with all men. In Romans chapter 12, verse 18, it says, If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. You know, there's a lot of things going on, especially right now, with COVID-19, with different regulations coming out. There's a lot of things that is really just causing a lot of division. And it's really causing a lot of people to have friction and to, to go against them. And quite frankly, there's a lot of people today that have very strong opinions. Regardless of what your opinions are, the point is that we should strive our best as much as lies within you, as much as in your control, to live peaceably with everybody. That's not just live peaceably with the people who you like. That's not live peaceably with the people who share the same opinion as you. It's live peaceably with all men. As much as lies within you, every bit of control that you can do, you can't control other people, but you can control everything that you do and that you say, Live peaceably with everyone. In Romans chapter 14, verse 17, it says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that, he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and the things wherewith one may edify another. Paul is writing to the church of Rome, and he is teaching them here, that we should follow after righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And it goes on to say it does three things. It, it shows that we serve Christ. We know as Christians that we serve Christ, that we're a disciple of Him. Where you serve Christ by following righteousness, peace, and joy. The second thing it does is we know we're acceptable of God. You're acceptable of God when you serve and you follow righteousness, peace, and joy. And the third thing it does is you will be approved of men. And I think all of us want to be approved of men. None of us want to have enemies. None of us want to have people that don't like us, and that's common. And if you want to be approved of men, then follow righteousness, peace, and joy. That is what we're supposed to be following. So if you want to live peaceably with all men as much as in your control, here's your step-by-step -step process. Follow righteousness, follow peace, and show the joy that you have in Holy Ghost. That's when you serve Christ, you're approved of God, and you're approved of men. And it's how you live peaceably. It's also how you show the wisdom that you receive from God above. James chapter 3, verse 16, it says, For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, and then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace 
if you want to show the wisdom that you receive from above, here's what it's telling you that that wisdom is. It's pure, peaceable, gentle, full of mercy and good fruits. We know what we're supposed to be doing and, and to sow the fruits of the Spirit in our lives so that other people will see our good works and they'll glorify our God and Father within heaven. And one thing to make sure we remember, this is without partiality. Romans tells us to live peaceably with all men. James tells us to do this without partiality. Don't have respect of persons. Don't, don't pick a certain few that you're going to show these qualities to and you don't show them to other people. It's with everybody. Without partiality, without hypocrisy. So this is how we can seek peace and we can show it in our life. So in conclusion, when you think about your life, when you are baptized as a Christian, you put on Christ. Galatians 3.27 Oh, let's, let's recap the applicable ways to reveal Christ. The first thing is we looked at boldness and confidence. And then we looked at having a godly appearance. We looked at controlling your speech, your general conduct of life, and then finally live peaceably with all men. And when you were baptized into Christ, you put on Christ. As it says in Galatians 3.27, For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. When you think about putting on Christ, you think about it as putting on a robe that other people will see this. It's your outward appearance, it's your, it's your actions that you take, it's they will see Christ that you have put him on. It says it another way in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10. It says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with the jewels. That we've been clothed with salvation and righteousness when we've been baptized into Christ and we've put on Christ. So our duty and our responsibility as Christians is to reveal that salvation and that hope and that love that we receive through Christ so that other people will see Him and they'll glorify God our Father in heaven. So we've been taught this morning to make sure you're revealing Christ in your life. And I want you to ask yourself, have you been revealing Christ in your life over the last several weeks? Has His light been shining through your life? Have other people been glorifying God because of what they see in you and what you do? Or have they not been? Have you not been leading people to Christ? Have you not been showing that conduct of life and living peaceably with all men that we've talked about? The choice is yours if you're going to reveal Christ in your life or not. And we can help you with that as your brothers and sisters. If you haven't been baptized into Christ as of right now, then unfortunately there's no possible way for you to reveal Christ in your life because He's not in you. But He can be in you. The invitation is open for all. That once you're baptized into Christ, you can put on Christ and you can reveal Him in your life. We all want to serve Christ. We want to be acceptable of God and we want to be approved of men. And now we know how to do that by serving Christ and shining His light through our life. If you'd like to be baptized this morning so that Christ can be revealed in you from this day forward, or if you need the prayers of the church and you need to get back on track for any reason at all, just come let us know and have a seat on this front pew while we stand and sing the song that's been selected. We hope you enjoyed this teaching from God's Word. To receive new sermons each week, subscribe on Google Play Music, iTunes, Spotify, and like us on Facebook. Thanks for listening, and God bless.